Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. And we are going to hook up with Daily Faceoffs Frank Cervelli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. This is your last weekend to catch live thoroughbred racing at Century Mile Racetrack. Live racing Friday and Saturday. For more information, uh, head to thehorses.com. Again, Frank Cervelli, one of the most plugged-in men in the business. Frank, how you doing? I'm pretty good, Bob. How you doing? Four in a row, Frank. How do you think I'm doing? Um, yeah, pretty good. You know, and you get it, right? Like, when you work for the club, you want to see the club. Like, I want Calgary and Vancouver to have really good teams. I just want Edmonton to beat them when they play them. Like, it's, <laughs> right? Like, it's great for the Battle of Alberta. And uh, we are seeing, I, I, and I'd like to get you to comment on this, because I don't think there's a lot of trade uh, discussion out there at this time. That's the sense I get. But Vegas is certainly really limiting the goals against right now. It doesn't matter who they have in between the pipes. Uh, but it looks like Vegas, Calgary, and Edmonton um, have a chance to have pretty good seasons in the Pacific Division. Your thoughts? They do, and I would say as a whole, I believe the Pacific Division is a bit stronger than last year. I mean, you even take a team like Seattle and where they finished last year, and, and you look at the start that they've had, they're a much improved team by virtue of the additions that they made at forward. Now, will they be competitive all the way through the season? I guess it depends on the moves that Ron Francis makes or decides to make at the deadline. Um, do they strip away pieces? Do they attempt to add? Uh, we'll see what their long-term outlook is like. I'd imagine the Canucks probably aren't as bad as we've seen to start. They may not be a playoff team, but certainly um, you know, you could see a few more wins put in the column at a certain point. And I think the start in some ways has even been underwhelming for the Los Angeles Kings at varying points. They've had trouble keeping the puck out of their own net. 42 goals against in 11 games, a negative goal differential. But I look at this whole division top to bottom, you know, Anaheim, San Jose notwithstanding, and it's it's six teams that on any given night are, are no free spaces on the bingo card. So um, I think the entire division has improved. Well, we just had a situation where both Pittsburgh and Toronto came out west. Now, the Oilers did not see the Leafs, who invariably play pretty well in this building here in Edmonton. Uh, but, you know, the, the Morgan Riley made a comment about it's time to put up or shut up, and that was, the you know, after they lost to L.A., and then, then they went and lost to Anaheim and over it. Now, they're still sitting at 4-4-2. Four, four and two. The Leafs didn't kill it last year out of the gate. Pittsburgh started the year 4-0 and oh, and then ended up dropping four straight games. So maybe that's an indication. Um, and, and that's where I'm going to go next. I'm going to ask you about Toronto and Pittsburgh. Should there be cause for concern in either of those two markets? Pittsburgh's a little bit tougher for me to answer than Toronto because they looked really good in their first few games. And then they went out west and really struggled, and the wheels fell off. Like, you look at the start to Sidney Crosby's season, um, you know, they just 
for whatever reason, I, I can't quite put a finger on it. Their stars haven't been as good. Crosby struggled on the trip. Um, Chris Letang had a significant number of turnovers in key situations. Um, obviously, they were missing Jake Kensel for a few games. That doesn't help. But Toronto is, is different in that when I look at their start to the year, their record may not you know, punch you right in the face at 4-4-2 four, four, and two in a good way or a bad way. But when you watch the games, they've looked lifeless, listless, and it really feels to me, Bob, like Toronto seems to be cracking under the pressure a bit. And I think when you have your coach light a fire under them the way that he attempted to do on opening night, coming, you know, spitting fire right out of the gate after what was a pretty good preseason, then a few days later is again critical of his team and his stars after a loss against the Coyotes to then walk it back and be in the situation where they, they start their, their trip out west after Winnipeg, Ofer in California, and they have this spot where 10 games into the season, all, all of a sudden it's late October and we're having, you know, things are ratcheted up to a point where the team is saying this is going to be a character statement game against the, uh, the Anaheim Ducks. 31st place team in the league and statistically the worst offense in the league. And you're in a spot where you're up three to one. You showed some confidence and a little bit of swagger. Austin Matthews in the first shift or two of the game looked good. Rang one, you know, right off the bar and then, and then had a power play goal in the middle of the ice. And you're thinking, okay, maybe this team's going to turn it around and the wheels fall off in the third period. So it's coupled with style of play, some concerning losses to not very good teams and you chalk all that up and you say, well, where is this team at the moment? And the answer is not in a good place. Yeah. Frank Saravalli joining us right now from Daily Faceoff. Frank, now we're going to talk about three teams that are in different situations. Uh, Washington, the news today on Connor Brown. Of course, they lost T.J. Oshie on the weekend. Carlson's not playing tonight. They already were starting the year without Backstrom. Um and obviously Tom Wilson, who's a huge physical impetus for that hockey team. I think Haglin's out as well. They, and then you look at Philadelphia, and Atkinson isn't playing. Couturier's not playing. Uh, you're based in Philly. They've got significant injuries. Uh, so just a quick rip on those two clubs. And whether or not maybe Washington might have to – I don't think they want to alter the path in terms of trying to be a playoff team. But are they just going to get beat down in terms of injuries to the point where maybe – because I think we all know Philly's kind of rebuilding. But, you know, a thought on those two teams and and, and where how injuries have impacted them respectively. It's been significant for Washington. You just outlined all the issues that they have. And, you know, I look at that team and I ask if they're deep enough to really compete over the long haul. They showed last year for a stretch that they could do it with the injuries that they had. But really, they're almost pushed to their limit in terms of how much more they can withstand. And it's, it's going to be a while. And add to the list in Philly, the one guy you didn't mention was James Van Riemsdyk. They're a team that it's been a bizarre start. They, they got off to such a clean start with 11 points in eight games, 5-2-1, and one, and you're going, okay, maybe Torts, if you're not watching the games, you're saying maybe he's, you know, pushing all the right buttons. Maybe he's got this team believing they're clearly working harder. They're more difficult to play against. But you watch the last few games and you say, like, this team, it's their record is a mirage. There's no chance that this can continue over the long haul of an 82-game season. Maybe for 10% of it, yes, like they have. 
But I'd expect the tide to turn on the Flyers in pretty short order. Um, all that said, they are definitely a, a more difficult team to play against because they do compete and work hard. But that's not going to sustain you throughout the entire course of the season when you've got injuries to those players, Couturier, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Ryan Ellis. One team that I wanted to hit on that you'll see on Thursday is the New Jersey Devils. And I had their GM, Tom Fitzgerald, on my podcast yesterday, the DFO Rundown. That team is one where their start to the season at 6-3-0 and is not a mirage. I think there's been a significant change in the, Dallas, in the uh, New Jersey Devils and the way that they play. They are ferocious. They are really difficult to play against at 5-on-5. Five five. And if they get any modicum of goaltending this year, even just league average or even slightly below, they're going to be a tough out because they're really efficient in their own end moving the puck. And they've got some young stars up front that are, are making it difficult to play against them. Uh, they're interesting because did they not boo Lenny Ruff to start the season? They did. Yes. I and Miles Wood came out in game after game one, the loss to the Flyers, and said, this game two is a must win. And you know what? Tom Fitzgerald said yesterday he loved that because what it did was it set the tone for a culture change, saying we're no longer going to accept mediocrity and average play that we're raising the bar here. Good. Well, that's good to hear. I, hey, I got to ask you about Columbus. I don't know if this is this is a wild stat for me. Is this right? The Columbus Blue Jackets are 10 games into the season. They've not scored a power play goal? Correct. They went 0 for the entire month of October. That is hard to do, Frank. You would think one would, would happen to find its way in off of someone's arse or something. Like, I mean, I, I can't imagine that you, you don't get an accidental goal off of a skate. Like, I, it, it is hard to believe, and their goaltending has been atrocious. Elvis Bruce Lincoln has really struggled, and they've gotten shellacked. Now they head over to Finland, a long way to go for a couple games. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, so... Now, part of the reason why we have you on, Frank, you're as plugged in as anybody in the league. Of course, you know we have Elliot on on Friday as well. So two guys that really know their stuff. It's quiet right now, isn't it, around the league? Or is it? It is. I think there's been, you know, a a slight uptick in in conversation. Um, And you saw the Ethan Bear trade that came down last week. I think teams have gotten to the point at 10 or you start to see it more at 15 games and at 20 where they've really finally gotten a handle on, on what they have and more so what they need, but it's hard to make trades right now. Like they're, they're just the cap space, the available dollars, you know, you're looking at situations, even with, you know, waiver claims, teams are at contract limits. It's not easy for, to, to make transactions. And I don't think, for you know teams to really go out and do something at the moment i think vancouver is a team to watch uh given their start and given that i don't think they want to let the, the players off the hook with another coaching change um i would say maybe in a smaller scale if this continues in toronto that they're a possibility for a minor shakeup. nothing that's going to you know, really be a seismic move given their core and, and the contracts that are involved. Um, and that's that's sort of the lay of the land in terms of teams to keep an eye on, I think. Frank, Chicago Blackhawks, we know you have a relationship with Kyle Davidson there. I'm going to ask you about a really specific player, okay? 
Sam Lafferty. Um, lot to, you know, the Oilers were just there on Thursday. It was one of the most poorly officiated games. The, it wasn't just the players. Were, penalties in the second period? It was ridiculous. And uh, <laughs> I hate seeing officials wave off players. I'm sorry. It's just, it's like, I hate seeing goaltenders show up their teammates. And it makes me want to, from the broadcast booth, fire a puck at the goalie's head when they do that. And I hate seeing officials blow off players. I'm sorry. We're all there because of the players. That's why we're there. They're the stars. You're not above the players. We had a little of that going on Thursday. It wasn't cool. But there's a player in Chicago, Sam Lafferty, signed a two-year deal. Uh, He was in Pittsburgh's organization. And I'm just wondering... Because he'd be the, you know, he's obviously a really important player for that team. You mentioned before, is pretty much anybody available out of Chicago right now, or are there a couple guys that would be harder to get from Kyle Davidson? No, I, I think anyone is pretty much available. Um, what stands out about Sam Lafferty, who first got a run in Pittsburgh, he's a Western PA kid. Um, you should actually ask your partner in crime, Jack Michaels, about him. Um He's he's really smart, um, a, so a sharp hockey player, and he's been able to really make a name for himself, at least generating opportunities on the PK. You see the two shorthanded goals that he's created this year to this point. Um, they sort of got him in a, a throw. I don't have the, the exact transaction in front of me. I believe it was a, a throwaway transaction, Alex Nylander, for Sam Lafferty, one that we didn't even really think about. Um, but I think Chicago's done a nice job in trying to identify players that might be stylistic fits. I don't think he's part of the long-term solution. Like, I think if they could find value in any player on their roster, um, they'd be willing to make the move. The question is, what are, you know, what's, what's the value? Like, what are you willing to pay for? Him? Yeah, and, and just so the listeners know, he's under $1.25 million. He's a six-foot-one right-wing slash center. He can skate. We just gave you the Columbus stat where they haven't scored a goal all year in the power play. This is the craziest stat I've seen in a while. The Chicago Blackhawks have outscored the opposition when they've been shorthanded when Sam Lafferty's been on the ice. 3-2. to two. So uh, he's a really good penalty killer. He's not timid. He can skate. He's a right shot. He can take face-offs. And for a team looking for a really good bottom six right wing a guy with I just I just think he'd be perfect for a team going for it in the playoffs like he's just that sort of player so we we focus so much and we all knew Ethan Bear was going to end up in Vancouver Frank we we talked about that as far back as the rookie tournament uh here in, in you know when we were out in Penticton um and and we're you seemed awful confident in that by the way like I was going to say there were a number of teams that had been in the conversation about yep. Ethan Bear going down to the last week and it was just Vancouver was willing to take on more money, um, and they were also willing to take on that extra contract for Lane Peterson that I think made the difference. And as you know, Lane Peterson has the same agent as Ethan Bear. It was not an accident that a guy that was on a one-way deal ends up going to Vancouver from Carolina. He's also Lane Peterson is also Braden Shen's basically his brother, or Luke Shen's brother-in-law. So right. there's a connection there as well. Yeah, lots of that going on. Uh, uh, with the Canucks, you, you, just circling back to the, on, a, on a higher, I mean, Bo Horvat, that, that is going to be an interesting thing to watch because have they 
kind of is he going to be priced out of Vancouver long term? And how upset do you think the Horvat camp is seeing that Miller deal get done first? Well, there, there's no question that there's friction there. I don't think they've spoken in six weeks, something like that. Even before training camp, I think things had gone kind of cold by then on Bo Horvat. Has he priced himself out? I mean, I don't think so because at the end of the day, you know, the market value is probably going to be the market value. You know, is he willing to take a discount to stay? I doubt it, especially the way that he's sort of been prioritized publicly. Is there a way to work this out and, and, and make it happen? Look, there was no common ground between the Canucks and the JT Miller camp for the longest time, and all of a sudden it got done in short order this summer. Yeah. So it's possible, and we've seen players in other situations. I think of Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh where they're pretty disgruntled at the order of how things get done. Um, he didn't like that Chris Letang got done first, and I get it. You know, as Chris Pronger would say, you know, you can't be day-to-day with hurt feelings forever. Um, And so moving forward, like, there's a way to put the genie back in the bottle, I think. But I also think their their numbers need to change drastically. I've mentioned before with you the idea that Vancouver, their initial offer to him was the Ryan Nugent Hopkins contract exactly. And at the end of the day, it only comes down to total dollars, what's going in the player's pocket. And they've got a long way to go to get to where Bo Horvat thinks he he belongs. Yeah, uh, no question about that. Frank, as always, uh, much appreciated. Geez, there was one more thing I wanted to ask you, and it somehow totally escaped my mind, which you know would not be a difficult thing to do. But uh, th- thanks for coming on <laughs> That's again. That's why we love you. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll hook up next Tuesday, okay? Sounds good. Have a good one. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Frank Saravalli joining us for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. This is your last weekend of Catch Live Thoroughbred Racing at Century Mile. Live racing Friday and Saturday. For more information, visit thehorses.com. There is free parking and free entry into the venue. There you go. And the best fans of the game need the best content. You can go live and behind the scenes with Oilers Plus. Access live practice coverage, pre- and post-game shows and much, much more. Subscribe now to OilersPlus.com using promo code OilersNow, all, all capped. That's OilersNow for a three-day free trial. When we come back, we have a doozy of an Oilers game day trivia question for you, brought to you by Mingshine. It is currently 12.53 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox onabotulinum toxin A prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents on average eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for limited time while supplies last. Welcome back, everybody. It's 12.55 in Edmonton. Hey, if you're looking for a great order, now road trip. We've sold out our trip to New York City, which is at the third week of November. Looking forward to all the orders now. Roadies being a part of that one. We have a trip to Las Vegas this January to see the orders play the Golden Knights. You get all the famous Vegas attractions. This new West travel package includes three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel on the Vegas Strip. Game tickets, a welcome reception with yours truly for the orders now. Hockey package. You can visit newwesttravel.com. All right. Uh, it is currently 12.56 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers now. And I guess the, que- the question is... <laughs> is he- <laughs> Jim- Did you see Jimbo's text? Happy birthday, Bob. Hoping the Oilers will win one for you tonight. Is it 39 today from Jimbo? It's not actually my birthday. Did I somehow give the impression that it was my birthday? Uh, no, it is... Uh, yeah. Not my birthday. Uh, it it's it's Stuart Skinner's birthday. He's twenty four. Uh, and again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Brent has texted us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. The best thing that's ever happened at downtown Edmonton is that new arena. That one comes to us from Brent. Well, there you go. Uh, Bob, all I think about when I hear the name Lafferty is the uh, movie Happy Gilmore. There we go. Again, uh, Bob, you neglected to ask uh, Frank about projecting Stuart Skinner on Team Canada from Dan in Saskatchewan. Well, we'll get to that next week. There you go. How tough should I make it, Brendan? We got David Poyle coming up. Should we make it tough for trivia? For Ming Shine? What do you think? Yeah, I think you should. Okay, here we go. So here's this is really for bragging rights and a $50 gift certificate from our friends at Ming Shine. That's right. It's time for Oilers Now Game Day Trivia. Keep your vehicle looking and feeling brand new with the new vehicle protection package. Let's keep your vehicle looking and feeling brand new with a new vehicle protection package. Book now at mingshine.com. Here we go. So, David Poyle lived in Edmonton for a number of years. His father, Bud Poyle, played with and was later the head coach of the Edmonton Flyers. The 1954-55 Flyers team is one of the greatest minor pro teams of all time. They would have three NHL Hall of Fame players. Not builders, because they had a couple builders. But three NHL Hall of Fame players on that 54-55 Edmonton Flyers Hockey Club. Text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Who were the Hall of Fame players that were coached by David Poyle's late father, Bud Poyle, on the 54-55 Edmonton Flyers? Trip down memory lane. On that note, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and when we return, Nashville Predators General Manager David Poyle.